I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Worship is a fundamental part of our faith. It's not just for Sunday mornings when we gather at church. It's an everyday thing. Worship can include praying, reading God's word with an open heart, singing, participating in communion, and serving others. One source I found said that worship is the response of the whole being, heart, soul, mind, and strength to beholding God's glory. On the podcast today, I'm talking with Lauren Chandler. She's a pastor's wife and leads worship at her home congregation, the Village Church, and across the country. She's here to share with us about her new book called Praise Him. It's a beautifully illustrated board book for kids ages two through six. In our conversation, we talked about how to teach our children about worship, what it means to worship God from the heart, and what it looks like to worship in a hard season. Welcome, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. I'm really excited to chat with you today. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Okay, this is a really good question. I I could answer it in, I think, two ways. One, I think we're we're known for, you know, just being a pastor's family. So I think that's our kind of outward facing of people. It's like, oh, the Chandlers were known at my husband's a pastor Mm -hmm. in our area. And, And then I'm a worship leader. But I think also, I'm, I'm guessing you also are asking, what do we want to be known for? Kind of what we're going for as a family. Mm-hmm. And I think it's to to love God and love people authentically, knowing that that's not going to always look perfect. But we want to be authentic in that. We want to extend grace. And then we want to, something that's really important for our family is this idea of fortitude to do hard things, to push through, to endure. And that when we do that, we're, we're, it's just this picture of God's perseverance that we, Mm -hmm. he would, we would persevere with him because I think we're in a world right now where fortitude is something that we can lack, you know, because we'll just fall back into what's comfortable and what's easy. And, you know, we don't want to be inconvenienced too much, Mm -hmm. but, but the Lord, you know, he doesn't always, he doesn't call us to what's easy and comfortable, but he encourages us to endure and not by ourselves, but by his spirit and by his power. And so that's something that's important for our family. We want to be known for, we don't always do it great. You know, we have to be like, okay, fortitude guys, fortitude. Right. And then there was something else I was thinking of, and now it's escaped me, kind of what we go for as a family. But yeah, fortitude is something that we we strive for. We're not perfect in it. And 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 so that's something that's important to us as yeah. a family. Yeah. What do you guys like to do together? Yeah. We love, we travel. Matt, my husband, is invited to speak all over the world. And so We've gotten to go to Northern Ireland, which was amazing. That was my kid's Mm -hmm. favorite trip. We've been to Africa. We've been to, we're going to Australia in May. And so 
my kids love to travel with Mm -hmm. us. It's just a really neat opportunity that we get, that they get to have for being, you know, young, (laughs) fairly young. And then we, we own a property not too far outside of our, the Dallas area with another family. And we have cows on it. It's kind of like a ranch. And it's a place where we just go retreat. And um, they love to go out there. There was a season where they didn't love to go out there because they're like, <laughs> I want to be with my friends. I want to be home. But then yeah. as some of them have gotten older, they appreciate just being in nature, kind of unplugging from the rest of the world and just hanging out together. And so yeah. we love to spend time, you know, doing doing that. Oh, that's great. So yeah. your kids are older. They're not little anymore, but you've come out with yeah. a board book. So yes. t- remind, uh, tell me what the ages of your kids are and then what prompted yeah. you to write a book for for a stage that you are no longer in? I know. So my kids are 19. She'll be 20 in February. Uh-huh. Uh, and then my middle's a, a boy, young man. Now he's 16. He turned 17 in just like a couple of weeks. And then my youngest, she is 13. And mm-hmm. so we're, I've got just a little bit of time where I have all teenagers and then I've got one that'll roll over into her twenties, which is crazy. Yeah. But it really started as a song. The book started as a, a worship song that I wrote with my kids in mind. And they were probably, you know, that was probably like four years ago. So they were like nine, 12 and 16, 15 or 16. And it was just this desire to give them something. You know, there's something special and powerful about music where we'll remember things, you know, if it's set to music. And yeah. and so I wanted to give them something that they would remember. And so I started writing the song with the heart of praising God every part of our day and every season of our lives to remind ourselves to praise him. I need the reminder. We see this in the Psalms where the psalmist is reminding his own soul to praise the Lord because we can forget. We can forget, oh my gosh, my life is not just about, it's not about me. It's about a God who loves me, who is good, who I might not always understand, but who is with me and a God that I was built to praise. And that my life works best when I remember to center my life on him, to praise and worship him. And so I wrote this song and, it, you know, kind of has this idea of praising, praising him in the morning when everything's like full of potential. It looks yeah. great. You know, you're <laughs> like, the sun is shining. It's going to be a great day. And then praising him when you're in the middle of the day and you're like, well, this is harder than I thought it would be, you know, or it's disappointing or, you know, it's the rain cloud came and it's raining and I really wanted a sunny day, you know, and then praising him at night when, you know, it's dark and we can't see and things are scary and we're uncertain of the future and then praise him kind of just at the end of all our days that he has us, he knows our frame and that he is with us. And so, and in each verse, there's just this promise of who God is and what he does, like that he's with us, that we can praise him when it's good or bad, because he is with us. We praise him even in the darkness, because darkness is as light to him. So this idea that there's something praiseworthy about him in every part of our day, season of our day. So 
I had a, a publisher come to me and say, we want you to write a children's book. And they kind of pitched a few ideas. And one was to take that song and turn it into a children's book. And I, it was an immediate yes, because I thought that is the heart of that song. It was yeah. something that I wanted to give my kids. Yeah. Um, they just were older. And so to give that to hopefully potentially one day to have grandchildren, you know, not too soon. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, sooner than like having a three or five year old. And so I I was like, let's do it. And so I, you know, changed up the lyrics to be a little bit more accessible to three to five year old hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just created praise him. And it's just yeah. been real sweet. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love I love the idea of that book and definitely a lesson that I need to learn over and over again too. Right? <laughs> yes. This isn't just for children. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my heart writing it is like I want to write a children's book that is accessible for little kids but then also has a, a deep meaning for adults, the adults mm-hmm. that are going to read it with them like yeah. oh, okay, yes, I need to remember this too. Yeah. Well, I think we can get into the habit of just thinking of worship and praising God as a Sunday thing. And so, and you're a worship leader. And so I bet there's a bunch of people that said, you know what, if I had a beautiful voice, then maybe I would worship God. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you teach kids about worship? Like, how would you describe it? Like this idea of praising God and what does it look like in our everyday? Yeah. So it's kind of neat. I've been asked this question a couple of times and and how, yeah, and so I did a little test with my oldest and yesterday I was like, what would you say worship is? What have you mm-hmm. learned about worship from me? And she would say, well, you know, for you, one of the ways you worship is you worship with your, your voice, like God's created you to worship with your voice, mm-hmm. but that we all have something that God's given us to kind of give back to him. And so for my daughter, she loves horses and she rides and she rides to the glory of God the best she can. And and she feels something rise in her as she's riding that is this gratitude, I think, and this praise of who God is. Very reminiscent of I think Eric Little, I don't know, or Little from Chariots of Fire, yeah. where yeah. he's running, he's like, I feel, you know, the pleasure of God when I run. And um and so she kind of said that, and then also just that that it's an idea of like centering our lives around God, and it's not just a Sunday thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's an it's a Monday, Tuesday through Saturday thing too, where like I said, Im- imperfectly coming to the God and saying, "You are the center of my life," and I all all of my attention. And affection goes towards you so that the rest of my life is just an overflow of worship to show that you are good, that you are, um, that you are life and you're worthy of worship. And so, um, you know, I think about when we talk about, you know, worshiping maybe a celebrity or worshiping, you know, something besides God, we think about, we, we study them, we emulate them. We, it's something that we think about a lot. And, and I think that's, we were made to worship. And if we aren't worshiping the living God, we'll Mm -hmm. worship other things, but it is similar. It's like, it's beholding, it's 
you know, knowing everything we possibly can. And, you know, if we're worshiping a celebrity, we would absolutely freak out if we got to meet them where we're like, we get to meet with God. And Mm so what, what, um, a privilege that we get to, to get to meet the one that we worship. And so, yeah, that's how I would describe worship and how my daughter, you know, it was kind of a good test. It's like, okay, how do I communicate? <laughs> I was going to say, you, you were very brave. You were brave right? to ask that question. I was like, <laughs> here we go. Like, I, I want to know, I want to know, yeah. uh, which was encouraging. And maybe I can encourage your listeners right now that, man, we have not done it perfectly. We are not a perfect pastor's family. You know, we, we are just as human as the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's that being faithful to get up, to pray, to study the word, to be worshipers of God imperfectly in front of our kids. And then having just those conversations as you go, that is really like cultivating the soil of their hearts. Mm-hmm. And because I can tell you, there have been times where we have family devotionals and it's all great and it lasts for about a week. And then we're <laughs> like, what happened to that? So I yeah, I just want to encourage, you know, keep fighting the good fight for your mm-hmm. kids. But more than anything, when you're worshiping God, they notice. And it's, yeah. it, it, it does something, um, that, and when they see you worship God authentically and imperfectly, mm-hmm. it's showing them, oh, I can do that. I, I don't have to be perfect because bless their hearts. There's all kinds of like measures going on yeah. in their life of trying to be, you know, live up to this or that. Yeah. And so to see their parents, you know, love God and love people. How, you know, however imperfect that might be is an encouragement to their soul. Mm-hmm. I think that pays just such a huge return, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and they're paying attention. I mean, we all know that they're paying attention to how we cope. So if in times of stress, you know, the, the yeah. word or worship music or just yeah. hearing ourselves is the last thing we do. They notice that and they start to pick up those yeah. as well. And so I've right. caught myself a few times and I'm like, oh, okay. Like they're paying attention to this and it's the greatest like thing to get you back on track <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to get out of that yes. pity party and say, no, I'm yep. going to praise God in this situation. I'm going to look for the, for the nuggets and the lessons within my circumstance. And I'm just going to acknowledge God's God in it. They yeah. definitely see that even if we're not sitting there giving them a lecture on, okay, well, mom's right. upset, but I'm going to worship Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think so often we can go through the motions of worship. I know I was raised in a church and and I went to a private school for for some time and there was a, a lot of legalism around like the physical motion of worship because they wanted to make sure mm-hmm. everyone was paying attention and doing the thing. And I just remember, I remember hating that forced worship. So yeah. talk to us about what it means to worship God from the heart and not just, you know, and it doesn't even have to be in that sort of setting. Like, we know that yeah. there are certain communities that are very culturally religious, but, but like, is it from the heart? Is it, are we doing it right. just because that's what everybody else is doing or, or does this mean something to us? So, so how can we identify what worship looks like when it comes from our heart? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it, you know, God says that he does not see as man sees, you know, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. And, and so your heart posture matters and you are not fooling God (laughs) when you are going through the motions of, yeah, in a corporate worship setting or, you know, just trying to white knuckle your own faith, like, okay, I know I'm supposed to do this and I know I'm supposed to feel this way. So let me just like pull myself up from my bootstraps and pull it together. And that's actually not what God's going for. He is going after your heart. And it and one of my favorite stories in scripture and mm-hmm. a picture of what I think is is true worship is that of Hannah in first Samuel, where she goes to the the, the temple to ask the Lord for a son. I mean, she's like, she has a a husband who loves her. He actually, and then he actually loves her more than he loves the other wife who's producing all these children for him. But she goes before the Lord and just like pouring her heart out to him so much so that, you know, that the priest thinks, oh my gosh, this woman's drunk. What is she doing here? Get out of here. But she's like, no, my soul is like vexed. Like I am pouring out my soul to the Lord. And that is honest worship. And so when I'm leading worship, a lot of times I will give, before we start singing a a word, Mm -hmm. I try to give people an opportunity to just kind of be real with the Lord Mm -hmm. and just come as you are, wherever you might be, but come honestly before the Lord. Maybe it's, God, man, I'm I'm disappointed in how some things have turned out, or God, I'm I'm upset with you. Like, come with that, you know, not in an aggressive sense, but like in an honest way, because God already knows. And then, and then let, and then open your heart to him, to, to have him maybe say some things to you of, I know, I know you are, but I love you. Mm-hmm. I know you are. I know this is disappointing, but I love you. That I, I'm still good. And so giving that space for grace over our hearts to come honestly, but then to also ask the Lord, okay, help me. You know, I believe, help my unbelief. Help me believe that you you do love me. Help mm-hmm. me believe that you are good. Help me believe that even though I'm disappointed, you're doing something. You're doing something good in me, around me, and I can trust you with yeah. that. And so um, I that's one of the biggest places I think we can, you know, be dishonest in our worship is when we just like slap it on. And then another way we can be dishonest in our worship is, you know, doing all the outward stuff, but then in our hearts, we're like, God, you know, I I know, you know, what's best for me, but I'm going to hang on to a few of these things I know that you don't want in my heart. (laughs) And so we can like go through the motions of worshiping. We can go through the motions of reading our Bible or whatever that looks like. But there might be some things that we have held on to in our hearts that the Lord's like, yeah, you can do all that other stuff, but in your heart, I know what's ruling it. I know really what's what has holds sway over your heart. And it's not me. It's mm-hmm. this thing. It's that person. It's this relationship. It's this desire or this dream. It's that. And so I think that's one way we can 
really rob ourselves of true life and Mm -hmm. fulfillment and worship and, and what we were made for when we hang on to those things, but then on the outside do all, all the, all the motions. Yeah. That's good. I mean, God wants our whole heart. He doesn't want us holding anything back. He wants everything, even the, even the, the ugly stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any practical tips for what it looks like to worship in a hard season? Yeah. I mean, I take notes from Hannah again. (laughs) I just like, I get my journal out and I just write what's on my heart and, and just put that before the Lord. And then going to scripture in particular, the Psalms. I mean, my goodness, Mm, that is just a treasury of songs to the Lord that are really honest and raw, but also hopeful. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I know you are God. However, (laughs) these are the things that I'm experiencing, but I still know you're God. And soul, remember that he is praiseworthy and good. And it's, I might not understand this. I might be wandering in the desert right now, but I'm still going to choose to trust God, even in this, but I'm not going to be dishonest about how I feel, you know, or be dishonest about what I feel like is coming against me. And so those have been, so yeah, journaling, really making the Psalms, my friend, and then finding worship music that kind of matches my mood. <laughs> Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes the really raw, raw worship's great. Sometimes <laughs> it's like I need the worship that like yeah. there's there's an album I listen to that really just is the Psalms. It's by an artist named Robbie C. And man, they're just it's just these, it's not the whole song, but phrases in a psalm in each song mm-hmm. that I'm just like, I need this truth sung over me and I need to sing with this. And so those have been practical things. And then one more thing I would say is at letting friends in to where I am in a difficult season, not doing it alone, but having friends that aren't going to give me platitudes, but will just sit with me and say, "This, this is hard. I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. Or, you know, or like, okay, I hear you, but let me remind you of this, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but that are sensitive to that, that know when's the time to just sit and when's the time to press a little bit and just remind, you know, remind her of the truth. And so those are ways I think practically that we can endure in those seasons. Yeah, that's good. I know journaling has just helped me. Like sometimes I just fill the pages and pages yeah. and pages. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there's like, for me, there's always like a resolution. Like there always is a way for yeah. me to sort of come out of it. Like it's like following that path and really letting it all just yep. yeah come to the surface and then presenting it to God and being like, all right. <laughs> yes. That's so true. I did it this morning. I did it this morning where I just had this something heavy on my heart and I just journaled it out and, and it felt so good because it got like, it's just my heart got tender instead of hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, like not just hurting, but just, but then tender. And then I got to give it to the Lord. Like it was almost like a symbolic of, okay, here you go. I can't, I can't fix this. I I want it to look like this, 
I can't. And so I'm entrusting this that's burdening my heart mm-hmm. into your hands because I know you're yeah. capable. Yeah. And I love how you talk about your makes our heart tender. I've never really thought of it that that way before, but it does. And it allows our heart to hear from God and for him yeah. to love on us. Because there's sometimes when I hear the the message of the love of God and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Totally. This is not good. I'm not happy. I'm not hearing it. But once you've like poured your heart out on the paper, you can receive that message much easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So one last question. I'd love to know how choosing worship has changed the situation that you found yourself in or your kids have been in or your family's been in. Mm. Lots of opportunities for that in our lives. We've had a lot of go to go through. My husband had brain cancer 13 years ago and he's healed like mm-hmm. the Lord. You know, he went through chemo, radiation, surgery, all that. And then the like he should have died and he didn't. And the mm-hmm. Lord has preserved his life and it's not come back. And we are just praising the Lord for that. And I think in that season, it was, it, it's not like that it changed the situation, but it it definitely buoyed my heart to not sink to the depths of yeah. despair, oh gosh, but yeah. to, but to know God, you, you have him, you have my family, you have me and mm-hmm. where I am looking for, I'm looking for stability and the man who used to be my stability just can't offer that anymore. God, mm. you can be the stability of, of my times. Yeah. And then I would say even just a, a, a recent situation, it's been a, a few years, but just, just my heart aching for one of my kids and just choices that kid was making. And really just, I would like turn on worship music in my house. We have like a Sono system. So it like plays all, almost mm-hmm. over, over the mm-hmm. whole house and I have a little space in my, between my kitchen and dining room. It's kind of, it's real open where I just like, I just like put my hands up to the Lord and let that worship music just wash over me and just like cried out to him to come through for me, for me and for this kid, like do what you're going to do because I, I can't, I've done all I can do. You're going to have to change that child's heart. You're going to have to work in their heart. And it was just, it was cool. He started doing it. You know, he started working and softening. And while that kid isn't a hundred (laughs) percent where I would want that child to be, I see glimmers of, of hope and change and I'm just so grateful to the Lord for it. Yeah. Well, it's such an act of surrender, right? When we just are like, we're at the end of, I mean, we shouldn't obviously wait until we're at the end of ourselves. I know, (laughs) but sometimes it takes it. But it's just a way of saying, okay, my hand, like I can't, I can't do it. I can't survive this without you. I can't stay the way I need to be. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with, us today and telling us about your new book, Praise Him. Yeah. Um, really appreciate this conversation. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. It's been a delight. 
You can find Lauren at laurenchandler.com. She's on Facebook as Lauren Chandler Music, and she's on Instagram as Lauren Chandler. I will link to this and also where you can find her book, Praise Him, in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.